In a cloud where there are already too many film podcasts, you have to ask yourself, what's the harm in one more? Two ordinary men armed with unqualified opinions. Talk Filmy to Me. Hello and welcome to the Talk Filmy to Me podcast, the film podcast about news, entertainment, general pop culture. Each and every week we drop a podcast on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher and wherever good podcast services are found. John, I got a little reminder the other day that this is our third year anniversary. How amazing is that? Three years of us babbling at each other. At least more importantly, to three years, 200 plus pods in. John Descimento, how are you doing, buddy? I am so tired. Just three years of podcasting really ages <laughs> you from any the stress. Oh no, uh, it's amazing, isn't it? Three years. It's it's gone by very quickly. But yeah, so what have been my point of what you've been doing? Been watching. What have I been watching? Well, we're trying to get loads we're sort of starting loads of stuff and just seeing what fits. Do you know what I mean? Like you try a few couple episodes, Dead to Me on Netflix. Uh really good tv series uh will ferrell and adam mckay produce it and it's uh, got a female-led star cast it's it's pretty good uh it's annoying me a bit because you know when a show tries to hook you in too much like in the first two episodes so much happens so much drama you're like chill man let's <laughs> let things kind of just just land a little bit before you just you know they're, they're trying to hook me in and it just feels a bit too much but it is good and Zac Efron's Down to Earth. Have you seen that? I haven't, but I've seen the internet like basically trying to claim that he's got a dad bod all of a sudden. Because I think one of the episodes he goes like to a, a volcanic like lake or something, and he has to take his shirt off. And people are like, if that is what the dad bod looks like, then I strive for that dad bod. Yeah. But, uh, but no, I haven't seen it. It's any good? It's pretty good. Zach Efron, he's 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 pretty good voiceover artist. Um, he's got this annoying friend who's sort of this hippie guy who, who mansplains everything, which is a bit annoying. But um, he's doing a good service because he's bringing a lot of awesome ideas to the masses, and I think that is a good thing. Um, good on good on you, Zach. Whoever nice. thought the High School Musical hunk would be <laughs> contributing to saving the world? Well. There you go. I've been uh, back on the Audible trail recently. Um, it's been really manic at work, so I've been able to watch as many films as I'd like. But I, I sit at home with my, my Amazon Echo set up, and I, I sound like a fucking poster for Audible each week. Did you know, John, that Audible has over 200,000 different books from best-selling classics to, to new originals? Anyway, I've been listening to The, Sad, uh, the Sandman on their originals uh, it's based on a, a comic uh, by neil gaiman um it's something which is really like everyone keeps uh, i'm getting into my comics recently as the listeners might know and a, a lot of people keep telling me oh you need to read sandman and it's got such a big fucking forelore to it i was like oh that's a bit scary but someone's condensed this down into a four hour audible and the cast like if this was a movie this would be one of the greatest casts ever. It's got Riz Ahmed, it's got Taron Egerton, James McElroy, Andy Serkis, Michael Sheen, all doing amazing voiceover work in it. I suppose, you know, everyone's got to eat and there's got to be money to be made during lockdown. So this is the big sort of thing they were doing during lockdown. But um, yeah, I've been really, really enjoying it. Um, yeah, I know I haven't turned you on to Audible yet, have I? You're not, I've, no, you're I am actually. I, lo- I do like Audible. I just resubscribed for about the 17th time because, you know, <laughs> you know, six months go by and you're like, I haven't actually listened to anything. Cancel. And then 
a few months later, oh, there's an Alan Partridge. There's always something on there, man. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, no, I'm, I'm back on it. I actually listened to Mary Trump's book about uh, her uncle, Donald Trump. I don't know if you heard of him. He's, uh, he's <laughs> sort of a big deal at the moment. Uh, she's a clinical psychologist, and it's just bloody riveting if you are fascinated by, uh, you know, le- more fascinated and less mortified by Trump. I, yeah, I mean, I do love the the gets they get on that thing. So, like, uh, I've recently finished listening to uh, the original script for Alien 3 was turned into an Audible, or I don't know what you call them, original programming made for Audible, and they got somebody cast from Alien, like Bishop, the voice of Bishop, to to come in and do read this, this screenplay, and it... I'm not saying it was better than the film we got or anything like that, but it was really, really enjoyable. And that's breeding other stuff. So the original screenplay to the first Alien movie is going to be made into a comic book, which comes out, I think, in September. And I've pre-ordered that. I was like, oh, it's, it's amazing. I love the fact that it opens up doors to lots of little things and little sort of tidbits that come together. Anyway, John, before we, we crack on with the, the regular pod this week, now on Thursday... I think it was first maybe friday lockdowns all sort of blurring things into one at the moment i started noticing uh there was a film trending on twitter a shudder original uh called host and i was like oh what is this this movie about and checking the feed and timelines it's basically a movie that's been made in lockdown which we're going to be reviewing later on in the pod and uh, i have been very lucky uh to get a chance to speak with uh, one of the producers and writers of this movie as well as one of the cast stars and uh, we sat down on a Sunday morning and uh, talked a bit about the film how it came about and you know what it was like making a film in lockdown and like the the rocket ship it appears to be on at the moment of uh, everyone discovering this film and and how amazing it is so let's let's stick that right the fucking front so here's me catching up with jed shepherd and emma louise webb enjoy absolutely delighted to be chatting to jed shepherd the writer and producer of the latest movie on shudder host as well as one of the cast stars emma louise webb how are you doing both i'm good thank you how are you it's it's amazing. I've got to be honest with you. We're not using Zoom. We're using Squadcast because no. I'll never go. I will never go near Zoom again after watching <laughs> your film. <laughs> it's it's weird not using using Zoom because like now everyone does use Zoom, and I've never even heard of Squadcast. Um, but maybe the next the next host two will be Squadcast. <laughs> you just call it just call it Squad. Yeah, there we go. That is good. Actually, I'm taking that. <laughs> nice, nice, nice. I've, I've already got some fan fiction ideas for your possible sequels. Um, so, first of all, how did, like, most people during lockdown, you know, they're probably, they might get in shape, they might uh, learn a new language, you know, some of the more proactive things. You guys went and made a freaking movie. How did this come about and what, what started all this? Well, um, the, the kind of genesis of it is the director, Rob Savage, he had uh, an idea for a prank to play in our friends. And our friends are a group of people that, from the start of lockdown, for the first couple of months, we were just watching films pretty much every day. And we were called, we're called the Quarantine Movie Club. And I used to make posters every single day for the films we were going to watch in the evening. It was it was a labour intensive. Um, so we started kind of changing up and doing some quizzes. And we started doing some... Oh, short, um, story. short Story Sunday, we did that. Short Story Sunday, we tried to do. So we were getting creative. And then he calls me up and is like, Jed, I've got this idea. Um, I want to prank everyone. I'll try, try try this out on you. And he tried it. He tried out a prank on me, and I was like, like, well, it's not going to work on everyone because you can kind of see the edges a little bit. So, like, I think he 
me and him kind of like tweaked it a few times and then he got it perfectly but it was pretty much fully formulated by the time it got to me and uh then we tested that out on our, on our friends um and all of our friends are the real friends you see in the film as well and it worked and it was a two-minute video we put it online and it it's got about six to seven million views across all the platforms it's on um and yeah then we started getting offers from various different places and we settled with Shudder because not only are they great people and I'm a fully paid subscriber of Shudder, but they uh, gave us a lot of space to make it, trusted us, and they also have a platform to put it on, which is which is which is amazing. Um, and yeah, and we cast all of our friends. So everyone you see on screen are the friends you see in the initial prank video, and the guys we speak to every single day. Um, I was saying the other day, like the prank was kind of our audition to see how we'd react. Scare. <laughs> True. I mean, and I mean, everything we do on Zoom is pretty much. The crew as well um, are our friends as well. So we we literally only use one of the remix was we could only use people we know, stunt guys, the VFX, uh, costume lady, um, all of our genuine friends. Hmm. I suppose during. Yes, it's really important, A, even more now, right, in, in COVID that you've got to be able to trust people but also feel comfortable and safe around each other. How much did COVID impact this? Like, did you quarantine together? Did you have to do temperature checks and stuff when you did meet each other? Like, Well, I'll let, answer, I'll let um, Emma answer the question about how it was, like, f- filming it. But um, we everything was done remotely. So Rob directed remotely, produced remotely. Uh, Doug, Douglas Cox is the is the main producer, um, and uh, we everything was done remotely in via Zoom calls, as you as you would imagine. And we recorded every step of the way, every writer's call, every producer call, every stunt call was recorded. Um, and at some point, we're, we're going to release that. But Emma, how was it doing this remotely? Um. Actually, uh, you know what? When we started it, I was like, this is the best job ever. I've got like fluffy <laughs> slippers and I literally just had to roll out of bed onto the floor, light a candle. <laughs> and I was like, woo, we're job done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, this is the quickest commute I've ever had. Like, <laughs> um, But then like there, there were, you know, I couldn't like scruff up my bed too much because continuity, I'd have to try and keep everything the same. So like that's the sort of thing you wouldn't normally think about on like a normal set. You'd kind of come home and like, jump into your bed and be like but you kind of have to be mindful and but yeah it was do you know what it was so good and it was fun and it was like it came at a time in lockdown where we I think we were getting a bit fed up Um, and it was like the best creative outlet and it just made the rest of lockdown or like you know the strict lockdown just go so quick it was like that was it like we were doing stuff like all the time yeah I mean you can tell how genuine a the chemistry was between people on the screen. It's amazing to hear you guys were friends outside of it anyway. Yeah. Uh, but the just one of the things I find really interesting as well is that you, internet now, like you now have to use the internet to do your scenes taking. And do you have instances <laughs> where all of a sudden it's, oh, fuck, someone's Wi-Fi's dropped out again and all that sort of stuff? Well, um, before going into it, um, Caroline's character well, Caroline in general, her internet's always bad. So when we when we do like when we do quizzes, like we do film quizzes, quizzes like every other Wednesday, um, it, her her internet's terrible in her house. So uh, we made it part when we were writing it. We made sure that was part of the actual script that her internet's choppy. Um, and every every girl you see there, we've taken an element of what 
it's happened in previous phone calls with them and we've just boosted like emma she was very well known for her filters if you look at her instagram <laughs> it's just her look i always have a go at her with this she just has this one filter she uses every time which is <laughs> like, nice one. the face mask one with like with cucumber eyes i'm like <laughs> stop, stop using that filter please use on everything and so we thought it would be funny if we give her that filter and use it as her ultimate demise, really. <laughs> yeah, if someone, if anyone who's listening to this who's into technology or works in a tech place, there is money to be made in filters from this movie of that puppet. Yeah. Uh, I don't want to go into spoiler territory, but there yeah. are some really striking things. You can see some really creative people getting fun with this. Yeah. Um, Emma, what did you what did you think of the, the face mask that we made for you, the one that was in the kitchen? Um horrifying like in the beginning we had we had a couple of different choices we had like some fun ones like the bunny and like the cat and then we had like the scary ones and then that one was just like league of its own like it was horrible yeah. so did you did you film all of this in your own houses like they're the bedrooms and house like flats or whatever of, well, of yeah, the actors in my bedroom that's my bedroom. <laughs> <laughs> well it's a selling point you could be like yeah. uh, and this was where we filmed host yeah, yeah, this yeah. is this it is where i fell <laughs> yeah um, but, cut in and out though to yes so so um yeah it is all of their real houses um but a couple of times when it's a particular stunt um or it's like a, a, a set piece um you will see an invisible cut to either a stunt house and this this is a group of stunt people that all live together um who are our friends um so sometimes you see a a, a secret cut to, to their house where they've set something up or in Emma's case, well, Emma's house is doubled up with five different houses. It's made up of five different houses that the main parts of her house, the kitchen is actually Rob Savage's ha- um, house, the director. Right. Um, and then other times it's, it's a stunt house. Um, the very, very last thing you see of Emma is actually Teddy's house, Teddy from, from host his house. Um, yeah, so we were very creative. And because we couldn't be able to set things up, all of the stunts you see, and surprisingly, the stunts are incredible. Like, for something else, and that's the one thing that surprises people. They just think it's going to be unfriended, but the, the stunts, they're, like, really epic. Um, the stunt, stunt guys had to obviously adhere to social distancing rules. And, yeah, and that was obviously difficult. But when we do the making of, uh, when we release the making of, you'll see all of that stuff in it. Oh, amazing. I can't wait to watch that. <laughs> like, Emma, there's one scene in particular, I don't want to go into territories, of course, but there's one bit where, like, you're, from your perspective, all of a sudden you you are raised very highly, and we'll just we'll just leave it at that in a corridor. And I was literally there just thinking, how the hell have they done this? Like, in this, a small corridor, social distancing, and everything else. I just want to check you're okay. <laughs> I'm okay. Not sure about the stunt team, but... <laughs> um... it, was, it was amazing. Thank you. Yay. I'm glad you enjoyed it. <laughs> um, can I ask can I ask you a question? Yeah. A few questions I, that I've asked everyone. What's your what's your favourite scene in the whole thing? And also who which girl do you empathize with the most? And you don't have to say Emma just because she's on, but I can't hear. No, that's cool. So so there's, there's loads, right? So two things that stick out about this. One is there's a scene where uh, by the way, I think just under an hour runtime like the whole film the way you've done the pacing is incredible and i think about 
And I was like, oh, why is it ended now? Well, because a free Zoom call lasted yeah. an hour. So that, yeah. that, that makes sense. That's incredible. Yeah. But there's one scene in particular where the, I can't remember the character's name, the lady who was doing the seance at the start, and it starts building Selling up the, the actual... starts building up the tension. Mm-hmm. And then she goes, oh, I've got a delivery. And yeah. my heart was thumping at that point, And I was just like, oh, that's really clever writing. And it's, it's still like the pace is relentless. But also um, the same, like the same genuine moment of like terror, which I've not had for a minute because I'm a bit of a wimp and I try and avoid these films. But like, like remember like the first time you watch Paranormal Activity or something like that, when yeah. that door slams for the first time. But there's, I think, Emma, as you're seeing actually, when Ooh. the lights go out and the glass shatters and oh, you, yeah. did you know that was coming? Oh, I had to smash the glass with a gun. So, <laughs> yeah, Emma, be careful what you say here, by the way. But yeah, go on. They sent me illegal firearms. No, they didn't. They sent me um, a BB gun, and I had to like, I put like a duvet up on my wardrobe so that it wouldn't recoil the the, the beads, the balls. What they called the balls? Uh, um, yeah, the BB. The, yeah. Yeah, and like sent me like some sugar glasses, and I'd shoot through it, and um, so it was actually really hard because they were like sugar. Well, yeah, like sugar glasses. They kind of stuck together. Didn't want to smash, so we had to do it like eleven times. Um, and so we had to film that bit and then me come back in the spot and then film the reaction. So I, the effects yeah. seem amazing. That's one for the making of there. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, I feel like, like well. not only are the cast like so natural together and, and I mean, they've got so many plaudits across the, the world for their for acting capabilities, but they, they did a lot of their own stunts, set up a lot of the, their own tricks that happen. Um, like Emma had to do that glass smash with a with a BB gun, um, and lo- loads of other stuff they've done. So the cast were really was a real hands on deck kind of situation because of the because of uh, the lockdown. Um, I want to yeah. know how they did the bottle. Oh, I don't want to. I'm not going to spoil, but the bit when someone oh, in the the last yeah thing. I don't even know how they did that. How did they do that? Just smashed a bottle overhead for real. <laughs> <laughs> work you want art it's pain uh, it was it was you know, seriously like really amazing stuff and actually just you know your last question i generally loved i, I think her name gemma uh the girl of the glasses uh who yeah, kind of kind of fucked it up for everyone right um <laughs> she that there's one little moment and i've been keeping an eye on this on social media just because as i was watching the film a because i was too scared and i just wanted to look away for a second <laughs> i was checking social media and everyone keeps bringing out one particular moment is when again avoiding spoilers but Gemma has to leave and uh she forgets she forgets for a second pauses and then grabs her mask mm-hmm. and there's yeah. just something like, that is that's being socially responsible even at a time of crisis yeah so uh, there are some people I've, I've noticed on the internet that say oh that's unrealistic Gemma wouldn't do that but it, she would because it's Gemma we're, it's all real people we're, I've just known her for person. 40 minutes I know everything yeah. about her now obviously <laughs> And that's exactly that is exactly what Gemma would do. So I'm glad you picked up on that. And and, and everything that you see in it is ex- pretty much exactly what uh, the real girls would do because we know them and we base their characters on themselves. Yeah, and like and you we, and Jed, um, you and Jed, you and Rob and Gemma would like ask us, well, what would you do in this situation? And that it would be like, yeah, catered around, not to the point, but like, if generally, you know. Yeah, but we would have to imagine if you, if you guys were in this situation, what would you do based on what we know about you? Um, but, but but yeah, it's it's really as you can possibly get. And we we did the thing that Blair Witch did, which is, and I and I'm really like kind of I think it's important that we use their real names 
in this as well, like they do in the Blair Witch, which gives it an air of authenticity. Yeah. Um, and people are going wild also on Twitter that, oh my God, they use their real names, that the whole thing's real. And have, you set exactly- up a, have you set up a Google alert for each of the actors' names? Just see if people start Googling and go, are they? Is this like, oh, what's going on? Yeah, do that. Um, yeah, the, the the funny thing is, all, all of these I've directed this this um, like twenty minute short film called Multiplex, which is probably going to be out around Halloween, and it stars all of the girls from Host. Luckily, um, so um, you get to see them also in another thing called Host. Sorry, in, in nothing called Multiplex, which is which is out quite soon. If you like, oh, amazing. Yeah, 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 yeah. Definitely. Is that going to be on Shadow as well? Um, not to my knowledge. Um, <laughs> We're trying to do like some festivals first. We did a festival before lockdown, trying to do a few more before it gets released online. Um, but I mean, who knows? They they might come calling. <laughs> right. So it's it's like first proper weekend it's been released. Obviously, loads of really positive feedback so far. And it's great to hear. And, you know, thank you so much for, for jumping on this as well. No do you think you're going to revisit this little story that you've started? Um. Well... I mean, there's something that I, I'm always quite... All of the things that me and Rob have done before, which is Dawn of the Death, Salt, Absence, and Host, in my mind, it's all set in the same world. It's like it's one shared universe. A little bit cheesy, but it is a shared universe. So we'll definitely... You might see this world again. Um, and we've... I mean, I've got some ideas, but who knows? Um, hopefully, hopefully, he's trying to let us do another film um i mean i'm sure this has been quite a big hit for them it's um i actually never seen a, a horror film have this much hype before in my entire life um so it's crazy like new york we, we were at the same day we were in the new york times and on fox news on the same day it's like, what is going on it's been crazy yeah. that's that is that is awesome man and uh, <laughs> like different so many different outlets are picking up in it now and all the reviews yeah. starting to come in. Emma, do you think this has started a whole new trend for you of I only do work from home roles now? <laughs> you know what? <laughs> maybe. Maybe, actually. <laughs> you <wonder> something there. <laughs> one, thing, one, of, one thing I think that will happen is I think the cast and, and like, even maybe especially Emma, just because for some reason she's the poster, um, <laughs> I think they're going to get so much real cool roles off the back off the back of this. So um, maybe they'll try. Yeah, maybe they'll try and, and kind of like stereotype you guys or, or typecast you guys and put you in horrors. But I think like you guys can do so much uh, more than horror um, as well. Even though horror is my favourite genre, I think you guys could do comedy because it's you're so funny. Um, about that time, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. I'm looking forward to see what these girls do next. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Well, on that note, guys, thank you so much. Enjoy the success of this. Uh, I am going to have to call in sick tomorrow because I am not joining yeah, a Zoom yeah. call for a minute. But uh, Cheers, yeah, very best of luck. Yay, thank you. Cheers. News. Yes, yeah, so as mentioned, we will be reviewing hosts later on in the reviews. But, John, let's talk some mother flipping news. How to the yes. Right, Bill and Ted face the music. This gave us some great hope, right? Like, have you been keeping up with the trailers? Have you seen they dropped another one recently? I did. I watched it. Uh, came up on my Twitter feed, and it just made me feel so bloody happy. Um, it's exactly what I needed, actually. On that, yeah, it's just that nostalgia. Who would have thought nostalgia is such a drug, man? The fact that uh, they got such, they got the original cast coming back. One of the original writers is working on it as well. But uh, the reason why there was a massive trailer 
during the call, I think it was on Tuesday it dropped, was because they've announced the worldwide release of this movie. Now, what makes this pretty cool, and this might be setting out precedents for you know what other films might be doing going forward as well, is that this is going to be released worldwide on the same day. It's going to be released in cinemas and video on demand. So on the 1st of September, you know, limited cinemas will be showing this movie as well as will have the ability to go buy it. Kind of what they've done with that Scooby-Doo movie and I think a couple of other films are starting to go down that route as well. Are you going to be cinema or are you going to be VOD? Uh, I might go VOD. I'm not ready for the cinema, I have to say. Especially yeah, not with a mask really on. To be fair. 90 minutes in a mask. You know, don't know about that. Mm. Um, but yeah, no, I'm I'm bang up for this movie. It's as every bit as daft as the originals and I think maybe even a little bit more daft and like I've said many times, Keanu's I like when he stretches his comedic chops because it's an underutilised thing he's got in his armoury. Yeah, definitely, definitely. We've done a poll uh, recently and it was something like 80% of people, obviously, yeah, don't, don't, we're not the National Office of Statistics, it was only a Twitter poll, but um, a lot of people, 80% of them of this poll said essentially, no, they're not going to go back to a cinema anytime soon, which is kind of a shame because I know in the UK certain cinema chains have started opening up again, Cineworld have started opening up again. And I think the biggest problem we're all going to have is what are they going to fill it with? Um, because the inventory is like, you know, Mulan, at the moment, is still at its release date, but I think that'll be pushed. Uh, Tenant, uh, which we'll come to in a moment, uh, that is still on there, but that keeps being knocked back as well. So they just keep uh, playing just whatever inventory they can find. It's quite interesting in China. Over the weekend, uh, some cinemas reopened, and they they put Interstellar on for a couple of reasons. One, it was Nolan's 50th birthday, so they're kind of acknowledging the filmmaker. And two, was to put like an exclusive trailer uh, for Tenant in that. And it made something like $4 million uh, over that weekend, which kind of suggests there's money to be had um, if you're brave enough to release your product. But uh, yeah, I'm, I'm still not there yet. Now, let's talk about Tenant. Um, Christopher Nolan's Tenant will be releasing in the UK on the 26th of August, so bank holiday weekend. Boom. Good. Good, Can't good wait. Mate, it's going to be the film of the year, obviously. <laughs> I mean, I think that the title is going to be hotly contested still, though. There's still, yeah, you still got, uh, you, you obviously got Tenor. You've also, we did have some pretty good films released at the start of the year. Queen and Slim, you know, I, I definitely put it there as one of my films of the year. And, you know, surprisingly, there's a couple of other things that have crept up into my zeitgeist recently, which uh, definitely, so I'm not, I don't think it's necessarily a complete blowout, but, uh, yeah, um, it'll be an interest in Oscars, though, isn't it? Next year, oh, like, do you think they'll skip it? They've got to skip it, surely. <laughs> they won't skip it. There's too much. There's too many. Too much money Saying to be that, made. There was the, um, oh, what was it? We had uh, we had the re. I thought, we had Baftas at the start of the year for film, and we've now had Baftas for TV as well as the Emmys uh, recently. Did you did you catch any of them? Um, I haven't, but the the uh, latest um, nominees have just been announced, haven't they? For the mm. Yes. Yeah, I just I as long as Watchmen gets all the awards, then I'm happy. As well as I will destroy you. As long as that picks up something, I'll be happy as well on that. I mean, oh mate, what a year for TV still. Like it's been so good, some of the stuff that's been dropping. And yeah, we've still got stuff like Mandalorian season two to come and stuff like that. So that's quite amazing. Uh, did you ever watch Scream? I love Scream. Your- Scream was my first ever horror movie I watched when I was about 15 i bloody loved it and i was uh, subsequently a little bit more disappointed with each 
passing screen. <laughs> I mean, I there was a TV show about it. There was, uh, I think they made it to four, and uh, there's going to be a Scream Five, and Courtney Cox is going to be coming back to reprising her role as Gail Weathers. That's, I don't, I don't know how I feel about this. Like, I kind of like, yeah, cool. Like, I remember the Scream movies, but like you say, it was a diminishing return, wasn't it? Yes. Well, I read a story the other day that she can't remember. Uh, recording friends for 10 years so i wonder if she had to be reminded that she was in this horror <laughs> franchise back in the 90s uh, i think uh why not you know scream had uh, it'll be nostalgic won't it but that original scream i don't know i didn't i just thought it was a horror movie at the time but I, now you you watch it back there's a bit more to it it's kind of stupid it's satirical um and a lot of that went over my head i don't know if Scream 5 maybe is pushing it. If they don't do a Scream 6, which I presume they won't get onto, you know it hasn't gone very well, but we'll see. Oh, you, never, you never know. You're right. It kind of goes meta. They kind of tried to be meta before like being meta was a thing, which is kind of cool. But as, I don't know, maybe it'll look tame now. Maybe they'll they'll ramp it up. I don't know. But um, I'm, uh, yeah, hey, you know what? I'm all for seeing awesome franchises come back for one last go. But uh, I'll tell you something that was pretty cool, put a smile to my face, is that Ryan Reynolds is doing something quite amazing. Um, He's launched a thing called the Group Initiative, or the Group Effort Initiative, I uh, should say, which is a a self-financed diversity and inclusion program. And the goal of this is to give people of colour a chance to work and learn uh, under his his productions banner, under his productions company. Uh, That means he aims to bring in 10 to 20 trainees who are black or indigenous uh, or other people of colour who are from marginalised communities uh, across age and uh, various other spectrums of life to come and work in his production house on various films. That's nice. We need people to be doing more shit like this. need more Canadians. Clearly. We need more Canadians. We need less people singing Imagine on Instagram thinking that's going to do like, actually do actions <laughs> and shit like that that actually like, make shit happen. He's just a, a stand-up bloke, isn't he? He's just a lovely dude. I don't think he's going to be in an uh, English courthouse being accused of uh, domestic <laughs> violence in 20 years like Johnny Depp is currently, but you never know. <laughs> oh man that's a yeah yeah for for legal reasons we must say that we uh we don't concern any <laughs> that's why i said um, accused it's fine accused, accused. Allegedly. It out. yeah yeah allegedly allegedly there we go we're saved um so let's let's finish off i mean it's not been that much news this week but let's talk about a trailer that was dropped liam neeson uh somehow is still making action movies uh he's made a action movie called the honest thief and the trailer dropped for it uh the synopsis for this movie is essentially liam neeson plays a bank robber who's been robbing banks all of his life and in the twilights of his years has found love oh and he's decided to come clean so he went to a local police station to say i'm the bank guy you've been looking for for years <laughs> and uh said i'll hand over my money but turns out the cooks are crooked and they took his money and framed him for a murder he didn't commit so he's on the lam trying to clear his name being a notorious bank robber whilst trying to protect the woman he loves i mean Look, I, I love a shitty action flick as much as the next guy, but it's kind of like we've kind of seen this movie before. Is Liam Neeson the right guy to be playing movies at you know, these sort of things anymore? Like, there's one hilarious scene in the trailer where it's just basically you can, it can only be described as two old men fighting, where they, they, they're kind of tussling with each other and they fall out of a window. It's not as bad as the, the fight scene in, oh God, what was um the gangster movie on Netflix? Oh, The Irishman. 
the Irishman. It's not as comedic <laughs> as that particular fight scene, but it does still look a little bit pants. But then again, you know, I've got a soft spot for Taken. Have you, did you see the trailer yet? No, I haven't. But um, you pretty much described it exactly, I assume. So, uh, but <laughs> we got to take what we can get at the moment. True. A lot of people like. I I still stand by this. I know the guy said stupid things in an interview, and I will never condone the sort of uh, buffoonery. This, uh, however you want to do it, just the, the numbness to to what he was saying because it was kind of stupid the way he did say stuff. But the film he was promoting at that point was actually a really good film. I really do recommend it. Um, but other than that, there's not really much else that has happened over the week. So that's that's it for this news for this week. Before, I've never done this over Zoom. Obviously, we're not physically together, but there's no reason why Spirit can't communicate over the internet. Nothing's going to happen. Visualise us sitting in a circle. Spirit, we invite you to use us to pass on any communication. Is there anyone there? Please come forth. We're talking about this over the start of the episode. Uh, we're going to be reviewing it now, a Shadow Original called Host. Uh, this is a horror movie. It's record- very yeah, very unique and innovative. It's It's been filmed entirely over a Zoom call. Uh, the film's only an hour long, and there's a reason for that, and I'll get to that in a minute. But essentially, this Zoom call follows the course of six people who hire a medium to hold a seance over a Zoom call. And this is done during the lockdown, life imitating art and all that. And essentially, things go wrong pretty quickly. Think paranormal activity. Uh, meets meets Skype essentially uh, this film is so good at building up tension very very quickly it gets a lot of dialogue done very snappily done in a very sort of organic conversation uh, well, some of the things that, that comes across if you listen to the interview uh, you know you, you've already heard some of this so I don't want to tread over old ground too much but uh, all the actors actually know each other anyway they, they started life as them basically having a, a weekly zoom call during lockdown just to keep themselves sane whether it's you know doing their various film quizzes or just catching up on life and then all of a sudden one of the writers just went Let's, uh, let's do a prank and then from that prank it birthed into a youtube video which got like seven million hits and then bang they've got a, they've got a movie all of a sudden that they then went and financed and and got support for so um i absolutely was not expecting this film to be as good as it is and that's that's i mean that, no disrespect to the people that made it it's just that when you hear a ah, small independent movie kind of made over zoom you know sort of stuff you think it's not gonna be that good seriously this is amazing in terms of like it, it just brought up the feelings of uh, tension, feelings of dread. And because you've got the limitation of the only viewpoint you have is their face for a webcam within their room, you only have one perspective, which means they are very creative with how they use negative space, how they use little things in the background. And I'm going to keep coming back to paranormal activity because this is where I kind of have the same feels of, did that just move over there? Or, oh yeah, I'm following the the person on screen right now, but actually I'm following someone else's screen because in my peripheral, I can see a pair of legs hanging. Oh God, oh, it's gone again. And (laughs) they've just done it in such a way where it, it really does just... It's just masterful storytelling and it's done so well. And you can tell now that now I know that they're actually friends outside of work. You can see the chemistry there. Like they're actually so that the way the dialogue works with each other, it, it just, it does flow so well. And like, I'm a massive fan of a 56 minute movie. Uh, and that's not, that's not because I'm, that's, 
it's just there's something about the punchiness of it. Uh, John, I know you haven't a chance to see this yet, buddy, but uh, with, with horror movies, where does that where does this sort of stuff sit for you? I well, I mean, I like you. I think if you put the premise out to a lot of people, they'll be like, "Oh, okay, that sounds interesting." Uh, but all the reviews and see yours, and even from the trailer, I kind of deduce that they, they've done a pretty like effective job with like the tools they've had. Um, mm-hmm. And sometimes, you know, talented people, when you remove uh, a lot of limitations and put them in a kind of just a small box to operate in, can really come up with something amazing. So. I'm like well impressed and really glad that people are making the most of this. I mean, it makes you feel like shit that all we've been doing during lockdown is recording podcasts and, and binge watching TV. These people actually went and created art and mm-hmm. um, it's yeah. And one of the things which I'm starting to get, I'm, I'm reading a lot of reviews because a lot of media outlets are picking this up very, very quickly. And it's getting my back up that a lot of people saying, yeah, it's good for like a zoom call thing. You know, it's like, just what it is a great great horror movie and um i really hope this births a bunch of sequels i hope that everyone involved gets a truckload of money and can go do lots of amazing things as a result of this because it's it's deserved like this is i I really am championing this movie i really really did enjoy it and um i haven't been scared like that in a long time i'm a bit of a pussy of this sort of stuff i do spend a lot of my time covering my eyes or putting my my fingers in my ears and i was doing that and then some uh, over this movie in particular i didn't want it to end i wanted to know what happens next i'm not going to go into any spoiler territory but it's pretty obvious things don't go well for these these six individuals that have to, to do this over a zoom call and it's very much necessity is the mother of innovation and the necessity of having to do this in isolation having to do this on their own socially distance and film this stuff in their own homes and stuff it's just done in such a like you say it's something you think oh yeah that's not particularly hard it is fucking hard if you actually think about the detail and work they had to do do this so i am really up on this it's a surprise package for me um i think that whatever shudder paid for it it's going to be cheap uh, in comparison to what this is going to bring in terms of subscriptions but also it's probably not enough compared to how great this movie actually is compared to you know some of the stuff on there so let's go with what some of the critics are saying so if i go on rotten tomatoes right now it's sitting at 100 percent on the tomato meter and the audience score is giving it 82 percent you know very high praise indeed let's go about what some some pros have wrote about this uh, let's go with the new york times so host observes uncannily the supernatural and material worlds colliding together gesturing towards an uncertain future uh, that's just the, the snippet bit there's a whole think piece about um how you know how cool it is let's find someone who has said something not as nice if there is such a thing um oh my god like all the critics at the moment are agreeing with this now like i say it's doing it's doing gangbusters right now um i'm going down four out of five uh the reason why four out of five is because uh, i want more I, 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 and the thing is like, i get why it's only an hour long because a zoom call a free zoom call is only an hour long so you get the start of the call and then the call ends when the time runs out and i just want to I, I just want more of it and uh, so, yeah, four out of five is definitely up there for one of the films of the year for me. A complete surprise package. And if you love your horror, like this is this is it. I, you will be shit scared of going on Zoom calls again as a result of this film. That's what so I was going to ask. Is it ruins Zoom calls for you? Well, I'm gonna. I could. I will not have a Zoom call at night. So there you go. That'll be the new rule. <laughs> so, so there you have it. Host four out of five.
another streaming exclusive uh, we're reviewing this week is Beyonce's, I don't want to call it high concept film, music video that's very long, uh, Black is King. It's very much inspired by uh, her time working with Disney during The Lion King, but also inspired by African wise tales and doing a visual representation, uh, visual representation of that with her own backing music. Uh, this is using some of the greatest uh, African American african-american talent uh, available in terms of uh, producers in terms of stylists in terms of showcasing black excellence and um i'm gonna just leave it at that as as a premise um now beyonce is no stranger for doing exclusive content for streaming services uh, last year she done homecoming with netflix the original sort of documentary slash live tour show which was you know done gangbusters forum uh, she has also done visual albums before lemonade i think four years ago now that came out that was like a, a revelation so like you got to applaud the artist for a pushing the envelope in terms of different uh, mediums to push her craft. And Disney have sat there and gone fucking ching because we are going to get so many more subscriptions as a result of this because it's King B, right? She's lit King B. So Queen B, she's literally got the whole uh, world uh, following her every move. So that's kind of, I can see why they done this, but um, I gotta be honest. I, I didn't really enjoy it that much. Like the music was great, but I, couldn't necessarily follow um maybe i'm being old man you know old man cloud by by i just don't get it it was just kind of an hour and a bit of music and dancing and the narrative was kind of lost every now and again you'll hear clips of james l jones just going simba and it was uh i was I, this are you not the audience flinny is this uh, maybe it's just i'm not the audience or... man like i don't know don't wanna, i'm not slagging it off because i the fucking the b army would kill me but also um i know like this is not for me in terms of I wasn't expecting it. Uh, I was expecting, I, I don't know what I was expecting, but I wasn't expecting that. And it's basically an hour and a half music video. Um, and some of the imagery in it is strikingly beautiful. Uh, some of the dancing is absolutely incredible. Just for whatever reason, it did not gel with me. Now, at the moment, it is doing absolutely gangbusters in terms of reviews it's got a hundred percent on like uh, audience and critic score on Rotten Tomatoes. It has got everyone really waxing lyrical about this and i can see why like and so like i say the the art on display in terms of the costume in terms of the imagery in terms of the and the music there are some bangers by the way uh on the the actual album has been released black is king on uh i can get on spotify at the moment there are some grand great tunes on it but something didn't gel for me and I, I don't know what it was um but i think like say I'm not, I wouldn't say I'm not a Beyonce fan, but it wouldn't be in my top 10 sort of playlists, her music. And um, I felt like she had more lines in this than she did in The Lion King, which is kind of weird. But, um, mm-hmm. but yeah, it's uh, it's kind of a short review on this one, to be honest. You've you got to commend Beyonce, though. She is, she like you said, she's pushing the bomb envelope. Uh, she's not just settling. Like when Lemonade came out, it was like, oh, shit, this is Beyonce, who I've always sort of ignored a little bit as destiny's child you know uh she's got her army of friends but lemonade was incredible like high art kind of incredibly honest and really made me see her in a slightly different light and uh i kind of appreciate her taking these risks and leaps and you know she if she risks an average review from you flinty <laughs> she's not going to be too happy it's a look, I'm rev- I you know I'm reviewing it from a perspective of what enjoyment did I get out of it 
there's enjoyment to be had if you're a fan of beyonce obviously it's a five out of five yeah you'll probably think it's a masterpiece and everything else in between of that and, and good for you um it's just i'm probably not the the audience for it so i said they're thinking should i even do the segment but i said we were going to review it so so it's here and you know disney again are just being very very smart with the acquisitions they are doing and the things they are producing and uh, for them to get their hands on this is a masterstroke i think on their part and it's more variety it's more another reason why you know it's going to be really hard for you to to not pay that five ninety nine a month to to keep that Disney account. So I'm going to go three out of five because it's definitely got some positives to it. It just didn't necessarily gel with me, but I can see why a lot of people are loving it. Thank you for taking the time to listen to this podcast. If you've enjoyed what you've been listening to, then click on that like, follow, subscribe, whatever button it is that you get more content from Talk Filming to me. John, my boy, pleasure. Short and sweet this one. How can people find you? You can find me on Twitter at Descomente. See, I tried to do it quickly. <laughs> you went but you went very sort of bbc news presenter there oh thank you very much you can find me on twitter right now. Oh, that's coming thank you very uh, much so we'll be back next week we'll be reviewing more films across the world of the streaming services and maybe just maybe we'll be talking about something that might be in a cinema very very soon till next time wash your hands stay two meters apart and wear a mask bye bye <laughs>